Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church of Lawrence, Kansas. It is the fourth Sunday of Easter, remembering that Easter and the good news of the resurrection is not a day, but a season. Welcome to our service today. If you have a candle, I'm going to invite you to light it to remember that Christ is among us and the Holy Spirit is with us even as we are not together in person. Welcome to worship today. The Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. The Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He knows us, and we belong to him. The Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He speaks, and we listen for his voice.
With you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. If able, please text or message someone from the congregation. Share with them the sign of peace. the gospel reading for today coming from uh, the words of Jesus after the resurrection to the disciples Luke 24 starting in verse 44 then he said to them these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
this time to share our joys and concerns today. I have many joys today as I have family and friends coming from across the country to help celebrate my ordination and installation service this afternoon. One person that is here is the Reverend Dr. Tim Spring, my pastor from Pittsburgh, the church that has been sponsoring my ordination. And later in a bit, he will be giving our pastoral prayer today. So that's who this new face will be. And I am thankful that he is here and that um, the other family and friends that I have been able to come. We also have a joy to share that Cheryl Herder um, got a new liver very early this morning, was in surgery, and so she now has a new liver and is looking forward to recovery and healing in her body from a long journey and many hospital stays. She's looking forward to newer and healthier days with this new liver that she has now. We'd also like to lift up prayers for John Holterer from Ottawa University. He had heart valve surgery this week. He's progressing well and doing well, but would appreciate your prayers. And then we have a praise, Davis and, sorry, not Davis, Travis and Deva Cooper have a new grandson, uh, Rhombus Edward Thurber, that they are excited to welcome into this world this week. So now let's come together for a time of unison confession, followed by a time of silence. Lord, have mercy on us. We talk about love, but our actions betray us. We talk about love, but we neglect the poor. We talk about love, but we fail to love one another. Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive us and abide in us by the power of your spirit so that our lives may show our love for Jesus Christ in whose body we live and in whose name we pray. We seek God's grace with boldness because we trust in Jesus Christ, the one who loves us and laid down his life for us. This is the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. I'd like to uh, say a special thank you uh, for First Baptist Church of Lawrence, Kansas, uh, for inviting me to participate in the service this morning. It's an especially auspicious occasion because in the sanctuary this morning here we have four Baptist pastors or soon to be Baptist pastors. Myself, Christina is just hours away from officially being recognized. Pastor Matt is here and Pastor Larry who is Christina's father. And when I look around, I'm thinking about something Bill Moyers once said, he said, one or two Baptist pastors together bring flavor. Um, a whole bunch together bring tears to your eyes. So this morning, this morning we are going to be shedding tears of joy uh, that we're able to be together here. And we're really looking forward to this afternoon. It's been a pleasure. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that uh, our congregation uh, greatly misses Christine. I'm sure many of them are going to be watching this afternoon at her ordination service. And uh, we hope maybe she'll come back for a doctor of ministry program at the seminary sometime in the future. <laughs> I invite you to pray with me. Eternal God, on this 
morning, beautiful here in Lawrence, but wherever we may be. Beautiful because we come before your presence, acknowledging our brokenness as we have just done, but also freely receiving the grace that you shower upon us. And Lord, there's no greater gift. We thank you for the call, the call that will be recognized this afternoon in Christina's life. But as Baptists, Lord, we believe and know that you call each one of us to ministry in whatever occupation we find ourselves and wherever we find ourselves. Open our ears so we might hear, open our eyes that we might see, energize our hands and feet that we might serve in the way you call. Lord, we're always acutely aware when we come before you of how you greatly blessed us. And just like the ancient Israelites, you call us as your chosen people, chosen to serve. There's so many opportunities here in Lawrence and Kansas, across the country and around the world. Lord, we want to pray for those in Myanmar and Nicaragua, in places where there's political division, in places where unity is what's needed, and justice and righteousness. And in a moment, Lord, we pray that your kingdom will come, and there are more than words to us. It's our firm belief that each and every day brings us one step closer to the fulfillment of the kingdom that's here and yet not yet here. And so we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. children this is your time of the service to remember that you are loved by Jesus and by this church so in today's story there was a follower of Jesus named Philip and the Holy Spirit nudged him and said hey you need to go over to this chariot there's this man traveling that's reading the scriptures and wants to know more and so Philip goes over and talks to this person and tells him about the good news of Jesus that we've been talking about, about the resurrection, about how God's love is so big 
that nothing can stop you from feeling it, that nothing can stop you from getting it. And this man was so excited, he said, hey, there's some water over here. Why don't I get baptized right now? And so he was baptized. And if you remember on Easter, we had a baptism. Levi got baptized. In a couple more weeks, we're going to have another baptism. And so I wanted to tell you all about why we get baptized in the Baptist church. And maybe you want to get baptized someday, and that'll be a really exciting time. So we get baptized in the Baptist church when we get older, when we have decided that we want to follow Jesus, and that we believe in Jesus, and we love him, and we want to dedicate our lives to him. And so we get baptized to tell everyone, I believe in Jesus, I love Jesus, and I want to follow him. And in turn, God gives us promises, and God says, I am always going to be with you. I will always be with you and always love you. And so baptism is a really exciting thing. And so sometimes when you have decided, I want to follow Jesus, I believe in Jesus, and I love Jesus, you can talk to your parents or me or Pastor Matt, and we'd love to talk to you about baptism sometime. So that's a little bit more about what baptism is, which you'll see in a couple more weeks. And throughout the year, when people are ready to get baptized, we are excited to talk to you about it. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the stories of the Bible. Thank you that some people are so eager to know you and to love you that they want to get baptized right after learning about you. Please guide us to learn to follow you, to love you, and to believe in you. Please bless everyone this week. Keep them safe. Help them have fun and show love to all. Amen. God invites us to live in gratitude by offering what God has already given to us. Giving thanks, we open our hearts and share our possessions for the work of the church. Please follow the prompts in the chat on ways to give.
give you thanks, holy God, that you have known us like a loving mother, that you have sought to unlock our prisons of worry, that you have made this earth to be our haven, filled with creatures and plants you clothe and cradle just as you care for us. May our lives and our offerings become nurture for this world in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to hear these words from the book of Acts. We continue the story of the Acts of the Apostles here now in the 8th chapter, beginning in the 26th verse. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Kandike, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to the chariot and join it. And so Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does this prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. Amen. Well, I love road trips. I can remember back when I was a kid, we'd go on road trips to go see my mom and granddaddy in uh, the country roads of Illinois. And then uh, we got a, a little bit older and we'd go on uh, trips to, uh, across the country to go see Civil War battlefields and uh, uh, historic sites all around uh, the country. And then uh, as Kimberly and I got married, uh, we expressed our love of road trips. And so we have driven all over the country uh, together, going to uh, the Northeast uh, several times and, uh, and really uh, all around. And then the, uh, the kids uh, came along and so we'd strap them in their car seats and, uh, and take them all over the place. I remember one Clark Griswold trip in which we were up to South Dakota and out to Montana and down to Nevada before we came back to Kansas. All these uh, amazing trips all along the way. In ministry, I've been able to do uh, several uh, youth trips, right? And so road trips to uh, uh, Colorado or to Green Lake in Wisconsin uh, or down to uh, 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 Georgia for camp. All of these different places, all of these wonderful opportunities uh, to go on road trips. My guess is that, that you too would have examples of road trips, the memories that you have had. 
Well, uh, especially as a youth leader, I came to realize how important those trips are. Um, you know, uh, coming together for, for Sunday school, coming together for, for Gaga Ball, all of those things are great, but there's really a ton of bonding and a ton of incredible uh, kind of maturation and, and relationship building that happens on these trips. We learn so much on the journey. Well, it's clear to me that Luke was a fan of road trips as well. As you know, the, the author of the Gospel of Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And so uh, we, we see several different opportunities uh, in which he speaks this truth that on the journey, the truth comes. We see that uh, Jesus um, turned his face toward Jerusalem and on this journey taught and preached and healed and connected to all these different people, telling his disciples along the way who he was, all in the road trip to his death and resurrection. And then since his uh, resurrection, we've seen so many different examples of, of stories on the road. Christina, a few weeks ago, uh, preached about the, uh, the Emmaus Road uh, and this, this couple that uh, connected to Jesus, even though they didn't know it was him. Uh, we read uh, last week about Stephen, who wasn't on a road trip, but interestingly enough, his entire sermon uh, was about kind of the, uh, uh, the movement of God through the tabernacle. Uh, explaining that the, the temple itself wasn't uh, the be-all, end-all, that they, God was able to, to be on the move even before the temple was built. And then this week we read about uh, uh, Philip, and we read about uh, uh, his road trips. Uh, in the passage right before I read, we, we read that Philip uh, went north uh, up to, to Samaria and, and visited and, and, and ministered with Samaritans there, and then, and then came south. Uh, along the south, he was able to, uh, uh, to have the experience that we read about today. And, and, and that's not the end of the story. Spoiler alert, next chapter, we're going to see yet another road, the road to Damascus, where a man named Saul was involved, and, and some things happened there as well. The, the power that Luke sees in the road trip, in the journey, in the movements. It describes a, a dynamism, doesn't it, about how God interacts with us. And so today we read about this wilderness road, road trip. <laughs> the two-way was fun last week. We, uh, we laughed and laughed about all these kind of uh, memories of, of road trips and, and tried to imagine uh, how the, this Ethiopian eunuch did all of this. And uh, we imagine probably he uh, uh, stopped by the, the gas station, uh, the, the Phillips 66. Huh? 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 As the uh, two-way folks reminded me last week. And, and probably uh, had to get his uh, uh, Slim Jim and he had to get a drink so that he could uh, go on this road trip down and around back home back to Ethiopia. And so in this experience, we, we, we read, we, we see this, uh, this person of this, this eunuch and, and understand that, that in the journey itself, there's a, a power of what God's up to. And so uh, I want to take a few minutes and ask the question today, what, what, about, what about the road trip for us? What about the journey for us? Uh, I see three main characters in the story, and each one kind of gives us a different piece of the, the story, a different piece of, of why this is important to us and our walk of faith, our journey of faith today. Uh, of course, uh, the first is the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. And, and the, the eunuch, we don't know much about him. We don't even know his name. Uh, we don't uh, uh, have a clear understanding of too much of his background, but, but it seems that we know enough. It seems that we know enough to suggest that um, he felt that he was 
an outsider. And we could make sense of that given just the, the few bits of information we have about him. Uh, we understand that, uh, first of all, he was uh, an Ethiopian. Uh, there in, uh, in Palestine, he was a, a racial minority. He was uh, one with dark skin. And in fact, uh, when, when they in the scriptures talk about Ethiopia, they're not talking about our country, our nation today of, of Ethiopia, but uh, probably any uh, kind of African area south of, of Egypt. And so anybody with dark skin would be considered an Ethiopian very likely, and, and often looked uh, with a kind of a, a scant look because this person was different, a minority in that place and in that time. He was an outsider in that way. He was a, a, a sexual uh, outsider. He was a eunuch. Uh, he was somebody who, uh, uh, again, we don't know exactly uh, how, sometimes uh, by natural causes, sometimes uh, intentionally. Um, court officials were, were uh, castrated, were, were made eunuchs so that they would be safer uh, to, the, to the queen, to the court, to you know, whatever their perspective of safe was. Uh, and for whatever reason, he found himself on the outside of what was uh, the kind of the, the standard, the expectation. He was a, a minority in that way. Um, even as a court official, uh, he was kind of an outsider. He was uh, uh, kind of the, uh, the odd duck. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we like to uh, kind of poke at uh, our, our leaders and our officials and, and people who are in charge, right? Well, it's, it's their fault. They, they've done everything wrong, right? Uh, imagine that experience of what that was like. We, we read about that some, uh, with the tax collectors, how unpopular they were to uh, uh, the, the people in Palestine as, as court officials, as, as officials of the government. And likewise, then, this uh, official perhaps was targeted in some ways. It could well be that uh, there, were, there were other ways that he was uh, an outsider, that he felt like he was uh, not, not included, not a, a part uh, of, uh, of, of, of what the people around were doing. Some, uh, some even call him, some scholars call him uh, a God-fearer. Uh, this is a phrase that's used uh, sometimes for folks who uh, believe that, uh, that, that Yahweh existed, that the God uh, of Israel uh, existed and was real and, 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 and understood that uh, in their own life, but they weren't uh, participating in the life of worship, in the life uh, of kind of the religious life, uh, maybe because of some of these other reasons of, of being an outsider. And so maybe uh, we would consider him today spiritual but not religious, uh, and maybe look on him with some scorn even. And and so, uh, yet again, another category in which he finds himself as an outsider, not one of us, and maybe all of the above cause him to feel that way. And again, as we read the passage, it's not just these details, but it's the way he interacts that it feels like he is on the outside looking in. Even when he asks, well, what is to prevent me? from being baptized? What is to prevent me from being excluded, from being left out? <laughs> it's almost as if he knew it was coming. He'd heard it again and again and again, and he knew what the story would sound like. You're not included here. And so he asks, how, how am I included to Philip? And so many People throughout the last 2,000 years have read this story and they've seen these words and, and know the power of the Ethiopian eunuch and know what it feels like to be an outsider. So many have uh, had this experience of, uh, of feeling like they too were on the outside 
looking in. They too were, were in a minority status. They too were not good enough. And they feel like maybe they don't get included. What's to prevent me? Uh, uh, many times over these last years, um, racial minorities see this story as a way to say, well, maybe I can be included too. Asking that question again, how, how have I been prevented? How have I been kept as an outsider? Or sexual minorities, those uh, who, who find themselves in, in some kind of uh, non-accepted uh, status. LGBTQ persons often find themselves uh, in this story because they too have asked the question, what's to prevent me? So often prevented from being included, from being loved, from being welcomed into the people of God in so many different ways. The, the church has, has tended to, to have a very specific way of what's acceptable, what's okay, what's, what's, a, what's supposed to. And for those who have found themselves outside of that, they've asked that same question. Maybe somebody who um, has chosen not to or is unable to have children. Maybe somebody who has chosen not to or is unable to get married. In a, in a place where, where we talk about family and we talk about how important the children are. Those who are on the outside feel left out so often. Just like this Ethiopian eunuch might have. And so he asks the question, well, what's to prevent me? Because he has an answer in his head. Because he's heard the answers again and again and again. And he knows he's been prevented from being included. He knows he's been prevented from being a part. And so often we do the same thing all over again, do we not? As people of Christ, we leave others on the outside looking in. Saying, that's, that's not what we do here. You're not welcome. And so the, 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 the way that the story is told is, 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 a, is a powerful reminder of what an outsider feels and the experience of what it looks like to be on the outside looking in. So that's the, the, the first um, uh, character in this story. But there's more. The story continues. We uh, hear more about uh, uh, this experience of Philip. And uh, Pastor Christina uh, shared a, a little bit uh, with the children about what this looked like, that, that all of a sudden uh, uh, Philip uh, found himself uh, walking along this road and found himself uh, walking alongside this chariot and heard this man uh, speaking, heard this man uh, reading out loud the words of Isaiah. And it pricked his ears. He said, I, I know those words. I know, I know that this is a passage that, that talks about Jesus, that talks about the, uh, kind of the suffering servant, that talks about uh, kind of how, how God was at work in Isaiah uh, and would be at work uh, in, in future generations as well. And so he chose to follow him. Now this is, the, like I say, the, the second character in the story today. And it's interesting how we read the story of Philip. If you remember last week, we read the story of Stephen. And for Stephen, he was one of the, the seven, one of the outsiders, one of the Hellenist uh, Jewish Christ followers who found themselves on the outside included into to say, now you're in charge. Be, come be a part of our food pantry. Come be a part of our ministry. The second name on that list is Philip. And so he too knows that experience of what it looks like to be an outsider. And so now, as an outsider, he 
as his ears pricked for those who might find themselves in that same experience. And, and look what he does. Look how Philip responds to him. He doesn't come with a, a kind of a, a prepared speech or a, a, a plan for a salvation, right? He doesn't come with four spiritual laws. He doesn't come with this uh, evangelism uh, kind of uh, motto, right? No, he comes to listen. Look at his method for evangelism in these, in these passages. He, he listens first, and he speaks second. He comes alongside of this uh, uh, Ethiopian, and as he walks beside him, he asks a question. And it's, it's not a question with a, with a gotcha at the end. It's a question to say, do you understand and then the Ethiopian eunuch says, how can I understand if I, uh, no one's here to teach me? And the dialogue begins. It opens up a dialogue. It opens up a conversation. It opens up a, a chance for the two of them to now have this experience in which they can learn from each other. They can hear from each other. And now Philip, the outsider, comes alongside of the Ethiopian eunuch, an outsider, and they have something together in which they have an experience of inclusion, an experience of, of welcome, an experience of being told you matter. And so just like all of us who feel sometimes on the outside looking in, Philip has a word of hope. Because he listened, not because he had a, a plan, not because he knew what was going on. He, did, he was just told, show up on this road, take a road trip and see what happens. And in that dialogue, he was able to do some Incredible ministry. It's, I think, a helpful word for us today, now, 2,000 years later, for us to listen first and speak second. Uh, both are important, right? It is also important to speak. Uh, sometimes we assume that we have to listen first and listen second. We just have to have no, no truth, no words uh, to share about Jesus. That's not what Philip experienced. Instead, he spoke a word, but it didn't come with a manipulative agenda, it came in a way to understand. Can I teach you my truth as you teach me yours? And together they dialogued, and together we too can learn from that way of dialogue evangelism. As we start to look now at a world that is incredibly hurting, that doesn't know which way to turn, that doesn't know what's going to happen next, post-pandemic. And our evangelism committee just a couple weeks ago asked that kind of question, how can we be here? How can we speak words of truth? And of course the way they heard was to listen first and speak second. We've seen it again and again and again over these last several months. The Faith Now videos are a perfect example saying you too have a story to tell. Can we listen to your story, your truth, and we dialogue together? It's a powerful reminder of what Philip did and what we are called to do. <laughs> and out of that dialogue, out of that experience, comes this beautiful moment in which these two outsiders stand together in the puddle in the middle of the desert in the water of repentance and love and grace and acceptance fall off the man's face. 
and he goes home rejoicing, telling all that he knows of the love and grace of Jesus. Because Philip listened first. Because he understood the power of dialogue. So we have the Ethiopian eunuch. We have Philip. And wait, where's the, where's the third person in the story? It didn't look like I remember another name or another. Well, <laughs> of course. The power, the Spirit of God was there along the way. On the journey, on the road, Every step of the way, it was the spirit that, that whispered an angel, uh, kind of uh, explained to Philip, this is where you need to be next. And I think there's a, a powerful word about that. That God acts on the way. God acts on the road. God acts in the journey. That the Spirit of God comes alongside of us. Even when we feel like outsiders, even when we don't know exactly what to do or where to go, and if we are included Yes, even when we are told you are prevented from being here. And I'll give you the Bible study to prove it. The Spirit of God comes alongside and says, You are welcome. You are loved. And there's a powerful theological word about that. Beginning in the, the tabernacle, beginning as God was on the move with the people of God, showing them the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, every step of the way of the journey God teaches. God invites. God uh, challenges. God welcomes. That's the word that we see today as we step now into the next Part of our journey. Of course, we, we love this building and it's going to be so exciting to have uh, so many people back next week in this space of worshiping. And yet, that's not what this space is for. It's not, not a space to, to come and sit and stay. It's a to rest stop along the way. It's a, it's a gas station to, to fill up again and, and get our slim gyms and head out to the work of ministry. This space becomes a a chance for us to be on the way with Christ. As the Spirit invites us, uh, teaches us along the way with dialogue and conversation and relationship. Along the way, the Spirit guides. Are we ready to go? The adventure awaits. Let us pray. God of the journey, God of the road trip, God who guides us through the wilderness, remind us that we too are called to stop along the way, but to continue your work, your gospel road trip of faith. And so now in the workplaces and classrooms and ball fields and coffee houses and uh, social networks and Zoom rooms and virtual spaces of our world, may we be responsive to your spirit. May we be dialogical in our relationship. May we be open to your work out there. Like Philip, like the Ethiopian, may we respond to your call 
to be on the move. Amen. And so now, if you would respond to this call of Philip and the book of Acts, and want to join this congregation, you are invited to come. You'll find a way to do that on the chat. Maybe as Christina said a few moments ago, maybe to enter into the waters of baptism in the coming days or weeks. However you would respond, you're invited to come as we sing our final song. Thank you. Thank you for your response today. Thank you for your worship today as we gather uh, together virtually. Um, I've got some things. We've got a lot going on in the next eight days or so. And so just a few words of uh, kind of uh, guiding us through these next uh, several days. Uh, so uh, the quarterly business meeting starts here in just a few moments at uh, 1230. That'll be a virtual Zoom meeting uh, that you can uh, get uh, the, the Zoom link to uh, through the website. Uh, and then a second uh, kind of virtual experience this afternoon at 3 o'clock uh, is the ordination service that we've been talking about some. And so the ordination and installation service of Christina Adams is our associate pastor. And so uh, you will be invited to participate in that service, uh, a chance to, uh, uh, to watch virtually and to be um, a worshiper as you uh, connect and we celebrate uh, her uh, ministry beginning with us. 
Uh, Thursday is a big day for Earthworks. This coming Thursday on the 29th, uh, there's a couple of things going on. The hazardous waste pickup will be uh, kind of the middle of the day. And so if there are things that you want to get rid of in a safe way, you're invited to do that. And then in the evening, there's going to be a discussion of the Purple Group, uh, the scholars, as we talk about uh, a book that we've been reading. And so those uh, information about those things are going to be found in the newsletter uh, this week. Next weekend uh, will be a big weekend for in-person events. So on uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, the wheel and ride will take place. And that'll be a chance for all of our children uh, to come and just enjoy. Hopefully the weather's as nice as it's been the, uh, the last day and the uh, next couple days. As we come and bring your bikes and you get to ride all around this huge parking lot. And we'll make sure that it's safe and coned off and there aren't any cars. So you can just kind of have free reign and go where you want to go. So uh, bring your bike. Uh, bring your friends, have them bring their bikes, and so we'll uh, celebrate that on Saturday morning. And then our first in-person worship uh, will be here in the sanctuary, will be on the next day, on May 2nd, and so you're invited to uh, be a part of that. Uh, again, you're, you're invited in, in either way. Uh, we, there are multiple ways to be a part. You're invited to come and be here in this place, uh, in the sanctuary, or of course you're invited to uh, continue on our live stream. Uh, we understand that the way that the um, the church is becoming the way that our church is. It's not just one place and one time and one moment, uh, but we understand that we're becoming a virtual church, as indeed we have become one, which is why I have a fun announcement to make this morning. I'd like to invite uh, three folks up to the uh, kind of the front of the sanctuary today. Uh, the first is Pastor Christina. You'll recognize her. Uh, she has, of course, been in the ordination process for the last uh, uh, <clears throat> several weeks, months, really. And, uh, and so uh, knowing that she needed to continue her membership there at her Pittsburgh church, she has not joined our church officially until now, until today. Today is the day that uh, Christina has chosen to make her membership here at First Baptist in Lawrence official, and so she comes today uh, as a, a word uh, of, a, of a kind of support of what's happening here and excitement for the ministry that she joins us. And so if you are excited uh, for her uh, decision to join our congregation, let's hear it on the chat. Let's hear a word of, uh, and we're getting some, uh, uh, some cheers here in the congregation <laughs> as well among our tech, our tech team as, uh, as we're excited that Christina's making this uh, decision to come and be a part of our family. And speaking of family, next to Christina stand her parents, Rebecca and Larry Adams. Uh, now they, somewhere along the way, um, have realized that uh, church isn't just a, a place, church isn't just a building, and have been worshiping with us, worshiping with you over these last several weeks. Uh, their daughter is here in uh, uh, Lawrence, and so they have continued to be a part of our virtual congregation. And along the way, they decided, this is our church, and we want to make it official, and we want this church to be the church that we join, that we are members of, that we are a part of. And so uh, they come today to join the First Baptist Church of Lawrence. They're not moving to town, but they're still a part of us. In the same way that we have folks from all over the country, all over the world, participating in worship here. Today, the Adams come to say that this is their church and they want to join and be a part of you because they see what you have done and they're excited about what their daughter is doing here at First Lawrence. And so if you're excited for their decision, I invite you to show it on the chat, to say a word of celebration and a word of welcome to them 
as uh, we officially welcome uh, all three today on this special day of celebration. And so we welcome um, Christina, we welcome Rebecca, we welcome Larry, we welcome all those who come to make this their home. Because together we are on the move. Together we are doing gospel work and ministry together. So a word now of blessing and benediction as we go from this place. Once more, from Enuma Okoro of Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove and Shane Claiborne, hear now these words. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you. Wherever he may send you, May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen. Amen.